and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Just here with Jesse Nelson coming at you from the terrace, the coffee terrace. The coffee terrace, the friendly part of the internet. But also now we're on Instagram, so I guess uh, Instagram can be part of the terrace. Yeah, it's not always friendly though. Well, cheers, Joseph. That's, that's true. Cheers. Look, oh, hey. We actually have a camera uh, that works like this <laughs> instead of our <laughs> Zoom frames. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, those of you listening uh, to the uh, recording of this podcast, we were testing out live streaming on Instagram. We're going to see how this goes. We might do this more often. So if you want to check that out, uh, just go to Coffee Lovers Radio over on Instagram. Uh, we've got uh, some listeners listening. Hopefully people are going to ask questions. Uh, but for the most part, we're going to record this like normal and see how we do. Yeah, how are you doing, Jesse? <laughs> I'm doing all right, Joseph. It seems like I've seen you a lot on screen form, but... I'm also mailing you stuff too, so it's been a weird, weird months. As do you, do you like my new shirt? That's cool. Oh, nice, Chemex. I got this this shirt design. Actually, it's this unofficial new uh, merchandise. I'm gonna have a video, a couple of videos about it soon. Um, Sweet. Maybe we can do some kind of special thing for the for the podcast listeners. But anyway, yeah. Well, I got my uh, I got my black tone shirt on. They're a great local band that uh, has been actually really influential to a lot of the arts communities and, and reaching out to the, the uh, minority artists in the city and the, over this whole coronavirus. Um, oh, yeah. That's really so, great. And they're also really good people and fun music. Hmm. So, Do you want to speak more for about all, that? Or? <laughs> well, I think we'll be getting into that. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, laughing that I was uh, describing my shirt for the podcast listeners. I'm a little, oh, my brain's yes. just going both directions here. Well, I think for those of you listening, uh, go to show notes because I think I'll be able to link this video there. So you can, you, you can, can get a glimpse of how awkward we are here. To. So, uh, Joseph, a lot going on these yeah, days. Just, just, just a little bit of a lot. Um, I laugh about that podcast. I'm listening to the, uh, the worst year ever. Oh yeah. Um, which is good. I mean, it's pretty hardcore, but, uh, they started that before everything. Right. Well. It's, mean, it's a, really went to crap. It, it's a politicized podcast. So they were thinking more about the election and everything that's happening and all that. Right. Um, and they started in October, I think. And uh, yeah, 2020 just keeps piling it on. There's like endless content. And so just what I was point, I guess what I was saying was that the um, I feel like we are almost because we already had an established podcast as well, that we have just sort of this endless stream of stuff we can talk about with our lockdowns and hanging out on the terrace and <laughs> that's true that, that, that is surprisingly true often i feel like uh in this business i'm just sitting at a computer writing about and drinking coffee yeah um, by the way i'm enjoying the peru oh you are excellent i have our colombian right now the last of it one thing i've learned about coronavirus in this whole lockdown is that i drink a lot of coffee that's many many weeks old and it's totally fine that's true yeah <laughs> For the most part, I because I have like I have an airscape that I use for I can put I can put like a pound of light roast in there, or less of some more brewed or more roasted coffees. But usually I just have it in the bag I got and I stick it in a Ziploc and you know it's fine. Yeah, mine's just on the shelf. It's fine. It's fine. Don't you, don't you remember the extensive test we went through? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of work. A lot of work to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> there's no doubt there's better ways to keep it it's always that classic thing of in coffee of just how you know that small little diminished utility of all those all the extra science in there i do remember though when we did that test found out that 
storing coffee in like a glass jar actually ended up being really bad for it. That was like, yeah. I think our worst rated sample. It was, it was the, anything that was open was the worst, but no, no, no. The, but the sunlight, anything no. exposed to the sunlight with the clear jar, but yeah, I think the sunlight made it the worst. Cause there was that, that like uh, coffee that we had in a bowl that was just kind of average amongst the, all the options <laughs> with average <laughs> with all the dust on it. We have to revisit that. We should do a, uh, for the next pandemic, we can do like a pre pandemic roast and just see how it ages and talk about that. Well, I've got the, uh, in, in other like testing news, I have the other cleat wave that you sent to me now. Oh, so, so the package arrived. So I can, I can do, uh, rinsed and not rinsed side by side. Hopefully <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, it'll all work out. Yeah. You're struggling with that. See what no, kind of answers it. come from that. Um, Joseph is on an ongoing existential crisis with his Kalita wave brewing. And part of it is just because he only has one. And so I, <laughs> I mailed him, <laughs> mailed him along with a microphone and a five pound bag of coffee, mailed him a Kalita wave. Right. Um, but yes, uh, rinse first, not rinse on a Kalita wave. I've stood by not rinse for a long time. And then uh, and I've coming to question stood by the shrug because I don't think it makes a difference. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the world's falling apart. I mean, we're seeing our, our cities that are just in, um, just coming out in this incredible show of support and yeah. and really focusing on a lot of the crises that are hitting this country kind of all at the same time. Um, and it's it's really it's really exciting to see all the voices out there and see all this stuff making it to the mainstream for days and days and days in a row, even though it's been generations of struggle. Um, I think we mentioned this on a podcast many weeks ago now about just the, the COVID crisis sort of possibly exposing a lot of the weaknesses in our systems. And I think it's, I mean, I hate to say it, but I think it's really important that as Americans that we can see that the, that the systems are vulnerable and that this is what a lot of the world is, mm -hmm. um, is feeling every day. You know, and that there's, right. you know, the part of being part of the 1% in the world is that we don't see, you know, the poverty out there and, and as much. Um, so, yeah, so I don't know. It's been fascinating to watch. I'm seeing also just a whole lot of parallels in the way our economy treats um, minorities. And um, we saw this. In 2018, September 2018, when all the caravans from Central America started coming up through Mexico in that immigration crisis. Um, so it's been ongoing crisis after crisis. And so to think that they're inner cities and that these poor neighborhoods are somehow new, it's not. It's just that that's how deep the COVID crisis cut is that it exposed all of this um, right. poverty worldwide. And we haven't even seen like the full economic uh, outcome. I believe. No. Um, but I guess I just, yeah. So I guess the PSA I wanted to sort of focus on was that, you know, if, you know, black lives matter and all of our food systems depend on these black and brown people around the world that are doing a lot of the labor and all the effort in the fields and certainly wouldn't have coffee in any capacity that we know it mm -hmm. if it wasn't for, for these communities of color around the world. Um, and so I think it, just as a coffee person in the city and as this podcast goes um, and now live stream that it's really important to reiterate that, you know, we wouldn't have coffee without black people. Yeah. You know, and that, well, we've talked about the history of, of coffee before and, and, to, you know, talked a little bit about the, 
the spread of it through colonialism. Of course, the originations of coffee are not white. Um, you know, yeah, it's well known that coffee, uh, the Arabica coffee that we enjoy comes from Ethiopia and was originally commercialized through Yemen. Right. Uh, and of course, then it was Western white culture, which took it and spread it around the world. Um, well, and spread it around the world via slaves, you know, via yeah. slavery all over the world. And that's, I mean, right. the root of the root of our coffee and our sugar and all the modern vices and food systems are all rooted in slavery and occupation of land. Yeah. And so yeah, I'm working on some thoughts for the next issue of the magazine because uh, to me, I don't think you can, you can sit there and enjoy coffee without fully acknowledging like the deepness of where this all comes from. And the fact that you are enjoying that cup of coffee because of this history of exploitation and um, inequality. Right. And if we had as much diversity in our economy and economic options to us as consumers, as we have diverse cultures, we wouldn't be able to have the consolidated and very focused shipping systems and agriculture systems. You know, if we had diverse land ownership, we wouldn't be able to have these massive, massive farms that poison a lot of things. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, you know, so, I mean, it's all based on this, this occupation of land. You know, we see that and that's that classic, uh, the classic Wendell Berry, you know, the line that connects all these economies to the starving children. It's pretty straight. Well, it's, it's interesting just taking a look at, um, like production of coffee. It, it's always felt like even, even with, uh, coffee companies that are, that are trying to do like lots of good and like paying farmers, you know, a good amount, like equitably for their work, that kind of thing, you know, whatever that means. The the vast share of like monetary resources that come from that work still ends up yeah. not in their hands. Right. And that's uh, true. I mean, it's especially true in coffee regions, but it's true for every farmer in the world. No, yeah. no, no farming, no craft people with their hands are adequately paid, mm -hmm. I would venture to say. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's too bad that, I mean, I, I really do wish that that those aspects of humanity and culture were far more highly valued. Well, right. And they've been undervalued for so long that there is no economic reality that, that would put those in a, in a, in a, a sustainable sense. Right. I mean, there's no way that we can adequately pay coffee farmers what they deserve for the amount of effort and everything going into that coffee and still have the cup of coffee that we enjoy every day. <laughs> Right. You know, yeah. I mean, and you see that with, with Kobe beef and some of those really exotic, you know, fancy, fancy products that they really do cost many hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a serving. Um, kind of like the mm -hmm. Yemeni coffee, you know, that has to be curated and grown exceptionally well to have it worthwhile so that the farmers can sell that instead of drugs in Yemen. Um, right. You know, and that's. Yeah, that, that is a very good example. I think people look at, like, especially the, the coffee that Puerto Mocha is producing. And, and see the high price tag compared to other coffees and think that that's a, that's a money grab. But that's like, they just put this fancy branding on it and called it fancy rare coffee and now they can charge more for it. But, and that, um, I mean, they are also paying more than anyone else for their coffee production. Exactly. And that's the thing is like, someone's finally getting an adequate, maybe adequate, but someone's finally charging a reasonable price for their delicious coffee and they're considering. Mm -hmm. You know, like they're 
like they're taking advantage of consumers by charging that much. I mean, the reality is, is that there's, you know, I don't know how much people like to get paid for their labor, but, you know, these farmers picking this coffee aren't getting paid much more than, you know, a few cents on the hour. Right. Yeah. Anyway. So are you, uh, there's a lot of parallels to in around the world. And that's what I've always loved about coffee is that it, it really is something that people consume every day that really connects us to all the different levels of our economy and around the world. Um, yeah. One thing I do do love about working at coffee is that, uh, at least as far as the work that I do, um, you know, publishing a magazine and, you know, we do the podcast and, you know, we, we connect with a lot of people about these subjects. It's one place that where we can explore and showcase the richness of diversity and humanity that goes into the things that we do. Right. Uh, and it's easy. And the localization of it, you know, the local right. side of coffee too. I mean, it's, it kind of just hits on all the, yeah. all the most sustainable parts of things that we can work on. Yeah. And the, and the, and the good, human parts that I think we we all want to support. Are you, are you going to protest this weekend? Uh, yes, there is a solidarity, solidarity march um, for, I guess, the Instagram listeners that might not know. I'm currently out in Port Townsend, which is a small town um, about 50 miles away from Seattle. And uh, very lovely town. It's a very privileged town. It's gorgeous and it has a lot of kind of the big money in the early 1800s out in the Northwest. So there's a lot of heritage here, but um, there's also a lot of hate in the North and on the Olympic peninsula. Um, mm. And some of that's, there's just a incident yesterday in Port Angeles, I believe on the peninsula. Um, and then there's one in downtown Port Townsend um, just a few days ago, harassment. So it's, so yes, I am protesting. We're doing a little solidarity bike ride tomorrow in town. Yeah. There have been protests in, in my neighborhood, not too far away. And I imagine there will be plenty this weekend. Yeah, it's, um, it's big, you know, to, um, yeah. it's, I'm really, really happy to be participating in the small town one. I mean, I'm trying to kind of move my life more out of the city. Um, especially the pandemic kind of ice, you know, identified that more, but, um, so it was, it was a kind of a difficult choice to come out here instead of being a part of that scene in Seattle and that protest scene. Um, right. Yeah. So, but on the other hand, I mean, this is such an important issue that we're recognizing it in pretty much every single community. You know, there's places mm -hmm. in little towns that would never ever protest, and suddenly yeah. there are. Um, yeah, we were talking about that uh, earlier this morning yep. on the old, the old Zoom, the old uh, coverlettersradio.com slash Zoom. Yeah. Mornings. If uh, the Instagram doesn't work for you, you can join our Zoom, 9 yeah. a.m. specific time. A... So, uh, yeah, I think we should do some questions soon. If anybody has any questions, right. we can start doing that. Um, maybe we yeah, should so start it off with Oren uh, from the question mug. A little bit back, Oren, if you're still watching. Uh, so Oren asks, uh, "What are your go-to brews for home?" Brews as far as equipment or coffees that we like to brew. How about yes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my standard oh. still the Chemex every day. Uh, so I've had two of those today and an AeroPress. Nice. Um, but I also yeah, have a V60 I, at home. Cool. I'm pretty much, uh, most of the time I'm bringing a Cleta Wave. Uh, I have been doing the Chemex <laughs> lately. I finally got a regular sized Chemex. I had the three cup one for a long time. And I really actually don't like that one at all. It's harder. I think at that size, you're better off just with a different brew method, like a V60 or a Kalita. Yeah. 
Well, exactly. Hence the Kalita. <laughs> <laughs> but still, every now and then, because um, usually I, I like the, the Kalita gives, I don't know, more of a deeper richness of, of kind of a taste experience. First, I would call the Camex more crisp. Uh, uh, some of the more I agree. Notes there. Yeah, I would think that's the weave of the paper. And I like the I like that kind of more rich experience a lot of the times. Um, but sometimes I like a coffee better on a Chemex. You know, I do too. I think a lot of it's more the routine for me that I just want to make a one big cup and have my um, you know three cups right. like this in the morning and kind of get my day going. Sort of like making a pot of coffee, but I prefer it over um, auto brew. Right. Yeah. I was doing that for a little bit. I've got uh, a couple nice uh, auto drip machines. I still sometimes sometimes use them. It depends on honestly, it kind of depends on like how stressed I am and how much work I need to do. Although lately, I've been finding I actually de-stress. Uh, I actually feel better making the coffee slowly in the morning and not just like making a huge batch. So yeah, um, there is something yeah, nice uh, to just making it on your own. Um, that's true. Yeah, I, I miss espresso. The, uh, I really do miss afternoon espresso. That's something that I haven't uh, had in a while. I'm surprised you don't have a, an espresso machine there. Why is that surprising? <laughs> no, I don't know. You mean you mean like in the town? Because there's only it, three in the town. But where you where you are living? No, I. Okay. Would you take one if one was given to you? Probably not. I don't really have any counter space for it. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> no, and what's weird is I haven't even had the espresso machine turned on at the one at Conduit. Partly because uh, that one runs on pumps and a water reservoir that cycles through the water. And so as we've been closed for the pandemic, I had to just turn it off. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Oren asked what type of auto brewers. I use a, um, I have a Breville Precision Pro or whatever they call it, um, which is a pretty nice machine. Brews a good cup of coffee. Is that the uh, one that connects to your phone? No, that's... The Be More. That's right. So that's the other one, the Be More Connected, uh, which makes a really great cup of coffee. The The problem that I have with that brewer... <laughs> it cracks me up. The setup, the setup is so obnoxious uh, because you have, to, you have to connect it through your Wi-Fi. It doesn't brew unless it gets onto your device, right? Well, so you can... Like, it has a button on the front, so you can push the button to brew... But it'll brew whatever's programmed there. And if it like resets to factory settings, which I think it does if you haven't used it for a long time. But sometimes like unplug it settings are. But like it's not necessarily gonna brew like a good brew with it. Right. So in order to set in order to program that button or brew any other way, you have to have the app. But the nice thing is once you get it set up, um, you can there are so many different variables you can control in the brew. So like you know, uh, temp, bloom time, uh, speed, all these kinds of things, which the, the Breville brewer can do as well. Right. Uh, so I like that kind of control. I just think it's um, hilarious that like the last thing anybody really wants, we're talking about like convenience or how much coffee we want right. to make in the morning. The last thing I want to do is deal with technology that's not working in my favor for something simple before right. my coffee. And so I, uh, in, in one of the, the places I lived have, uh, a Wi-Fi situation that just wasn't working with that brewer for whatever reason. Just can't can't make it work. There's something the That's way a, the router's set up just will not work with yeah. that stuff. Well, there's and layers like, of okay, weird security that can't this, use the brewer. Yeah, I mean that brewer is going to get outdated so fast because all those networks and all those devices change. 
Plus, people are going to hack into your home network because you have that auto brewer set up. Change my brew on me. Yep. Yeah, my Chemex is um, not hackable. I, got a nice I, I still, I still really love it. I think it actually, like, once it's working, I think it makes a better cup of coffee than uh, the Breville. So, as long as you can get it set up, I, for me, it's it's the nicest automated cup of coffee. Once you can get it set up. <laughs> but yeah, the Breville's nice. Stay connected. Um, one thing that, that is nice about the Breville is they... So, most uh, automated coffee machines... They will uh, drop water down into like a heating coil, and then after the the water's heated, that will, you know, the heating of the water will bring it back up and and drip it over the coffee. So that's the way most of them work. The Breville doesn't use that system. The Breville has a heater and a pump separately, uh, and it's basically an instant heater. So once you start the brew, it'll get going really fast. Um, as a, as a separate thing, it can pump the water without heat, so you can kind of cold brew with it, hmm. uh, which has been interesting to try out in a pinch. Uh, I don't really cold brew much anymore, though, because I have the, um, the cold wave. Right. Shall we... Uh, thank you for your questions, Oren. Why is John not here? I thought John was going to come in and ask some questions. Oh, I was probably supposed to text him. Oh. I mean, I did, I did tell him <laughs> 2.30 to 3.30. Okay. Because I knew well, our anyway. timing. That's why I called you. If, <laughs> when it was he, like, are we doing this? And then all of a sudden my phone blows right. up and all the texts from everybody. Oh, small town life and T-Mobile just doesn't yeah. always mix in a very lovely way. I I like being disconnected. Okay. So shall we do, let's do a topic from the mug. Yeah. You get a live stream, the uh, sound effect. That's right. So we, you can't see the mug that we usually do this from, but you can see uh, what Jesse uses on the terrace. The friendly side of the internet has a guitar. Ready? Yep. From the mug. Wow, that was that was bold. Uh, number forty-five. Coffee growing regions. Why tropics? Question mark. <laughs> That's a really big question. It is. Uh, we get that question all the time, though. People are really curious um, why coffee isn't grown in places like California or you know, other mountainous regions and it's only grown around the equatorial mountains. Um, yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a few factors that are really important. Coffee needs a lot of, um, consistent weather patterns, you know, a lot of, uh, even daylight versus night time, uh, conditions, um, and consistent sunlight in those times. So that's why the general around the equator is best for that because the, the angle, of the earth is better. So just, you can't understand, uh, coffee-grown regions with a flat earth model. So it's kind of a good proof of flat earth because um, the other big important factor is, is that coffee needs to grow at higher altitudes. So there's less water content. Um, it's not just tropics in the lowland elevation. And that helps with the weather patterns as far as warmer during the day and cooler at night. And so it grows, but um, it, it, it needs pretty high elevation in that regard. And so if you think about um, 7,000 feet in Guatemala, you know, it's still kind of an arid climate where coffee's growing or, or in Yemen, you know, it's a high altitude desert, but it's still quite warm. Um, versus 7,000 feet here in Washington state is the, um, easily the snow line, you know, the snow line gets down to right. about 3,500 feet, um, in the winter. Um, and the further up you go, you know, those, the tundra and the tree line, all that stuff goes down the further, mm -hmm. uh, north you go, the further up the, um, 
latitude you go. We're, we're talking, of course, about uh, growing coffee, growing Arabica coffee that um, tastes really delicious. Well, right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So plants can grow other places, but you don't okay. get. Well, I think a lot of mass production produced coffee is produced at lower altitudes no um no okay arabica like any real arabica really does need to be produced on hillsides and and fairly mm. specific climates i mean you can you can bend those rules a little bit with some techniques of course but um really it's just robusta coffee species that can grow on lower flat land and there's a whole okay. lot of that in the world yeah. so yes right um a lot of coffee like vietnam and places like that which is the third largest producer of coffee in the world but yeah i mean it's that makes sense yeah coffee really needs that uh yeah so the further further north you go just the less available space there is for um coffee growing regions because the snow levels and the declination just get too far away to provide the right ingredients to grow good coffee that's my uh, yeah. and uh... <laughs> that's my <laughs> very scientific explanation of it that's, yeah so like um it's it's interesting to see. Uh, obviously, I think the the outlier is that coffee growing company in Southern California, which is kind of yeah maybe changing the way things people think about those things. Um, well, they I, hear about honestly, it. I, I mean, they hear a news a news bite about that, but it doesn't mean that they're producing a whole lot of coffee at a reasonable right. price. Yeah, I haven't uh, haven't been able to have a conversation with them about. Yeah, that. the other the other thing too is so you can control the climate like in other places um like in a greenhouse and and make it more approachable for coffee the problem is coffee trees are big and they require many 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 thousands of acres to grow enough coffee mm. to be profitable in any way um so if it's not profitable in guatemala it's not gonna be profitable in california I guarantee that interesting uh we we have a, a very large coffee tree at um, civic science center in their greenhouse there i don't know if you've been there i have uh the the room where they have the butterflies, I think. Yep, that's where it is. I've been it's to kind of been there a bunch. To see that tree because it's it's massive. Not, I had a pretty big a... coffee tree that I bought that was it was six feet tall and produced berries yeah. and everything. But then it had a mealybug infection because there's a lot of those things oh. that attack fruit trees and lowland areas along the right. coast um, and just ate it alive. Couldn't keep them off. Yeah, I've been struggling to get my my little plant to grow. It actually started off as. Uh, uh, eight different um, little sprouts, but it was just kind of holding at a particular size. And uh, I decided to trim down to try to encourage it to grow more, um, which has helped particularly with this branch. So I might actually cut this guy off too uh, and then just focus on the one little... Um, you can do that live on our Instagram feed. If anybody wants to try growing their coffee, you can take a green coffee seed and still sprout it. Honestly, I'd have figured. Um, Let's come back to that in another podcast. After, I will snag some and sprout it. You'll you'll sprout it if you just put it in paper towel or put it in water. Also, if you put green coffee in just a jar of water, the water will turn brown because of all the minerals and everything in the coffee itself that extract out. Um, Fascinating. <laughs> well, but I think we'll be sprouting some coffee on the show for too long it's gonna be a really long episode <laughs> um i think one of the things going back to growing regions really quick um because it's not it's not just well there's a lot of coffee like grown around volcanoes which makes sense um like very rich soil for for growing that kind of thing 
not necessary. Right. In fact, as I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about like the origins of coffee. Most of the wild coffee in Ethiopia is not grown in that kind of situation. Right. I mean, it's just that right. soil around volcanoes tends to be really lush. Right. I mean, it's really good. Yeah. It's uh, there's a lot of carbon in soil, you know, when it's been around mm. that kind of fire. So there's a lot of activated carbon that captures nutrients and holds it in the soil for a long time. Um, definitely not necessary for coffee. I love using Guatemala as an example because the coffees from the Antigua region around the volcanoes are very different mm -hmm. from the Weiwei-Tenango region, which are more of a high mm -hmm. altitude plateau. Gotcha. Uh, so I would really love to go uh, visit Guatemala and explore some of those places. Visit CoffeeLoversRadio.com. Support us on Patreon. Maybe you can send us to Guatemala yep. eventually. It's a dollar a month. You get some goofy pictures. You get a few notes. And generally right. you get a support us doing what we do here and we'll be uh you know, we're always talking about adding some more stuff at higher tiers and we'll probably get to that when we're not stuck in our houses all day every day i mean i'll be honest with you and the people listening right now is that i would be more inclined to have more stuff on the higher tiers if i felt like people wanted it <laughs> uh, you know yeah, we don't true. we don't have a lot of patrons <laughs> right now and so we just kind of want to get our volume up there so that the one percent of people you know, 1% of 100 is one person that might want those higher tiers, and we don't have 100 people yet. Yeah, that's true. Well, so join our Patreon. Being, thank you so for being straightforward, Jesse. I'll be brutally honest. I, uh, I do this for attention. <laughs> in the form of patrons. In the form of a dollar a month. <laughs> no, it's just it's a great way to kind of tell us that you like what we're doing please send yes. some questions we love connecting with people uh these live streams are fun you get it set up once and it starts making sense and it's always easier yeah um so i think we'll i think yep. we'll keep doing that oh thank you Orin. great live fun and informative uh great to have you on here as well thank you so uh yeah i think we'll keep doing that um instagram it, it's coffee lovers radio uh is that right jesse yes just coffee lovers everything's radio. coffee okay. lovers radio yeah i think we had tried something else at first but. no no. So Coffee Lovers Radio on Instagram. <laughs> we tried a podcast uh, also, first, and then Instagram was invented. <laughs> also Extracted Magazine uh, on Instagram, because uh, it looks like the way we'll be doing it is Coffee Lovers Radio will be streaming, and I'll jump onto it, or vice versa. Uh, whatever we did this time seemed to be working pretty well. Whatever we did. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. And to the podcast listeners, thanks for bearing with us. Join us and see what it is. Cheers, Joseph. Cheers. This has been Joseph and Jesse with Coffee Lovers Radio. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our show and sign up for the email newsletter. Visit coffeeloversradio.com. There you can listen to our shows and click through to our Patreon page to get expanded show notes and other fun stuff. Coffee Lovers Radio is a partnership between Extracted Magazine and Conduit Coffee. Just visit coffeeloversradio.com and we'll see you on the show.